Welcome to Daffy Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I am Jerry, as I, I tend to be. Max and Terry are here. And uh, if you're checking out on video, you may notice I'm in a I'm in a different place. Podcast can't really tell this, but but the video folks, I'm not in my normal set. It's because there's construction work happening outside my window, and I didn't want production quality to suffer for it. So I'm in this prison-like space it's probably the best way it looks it looks like a jail and uh, i just happened to get one little bit of everton uh, in here so it's not ridiculous um so we're on the podcast now um back to back to normal normal uh football now uh so we had a weird match yesterday uh, i know max you said you went um We'll get into that when we start talking about match reactions. Just a weird, conflicted emotions from from a lot of folks with that one. Um, however, uh, you know, Mashiri before the game had said that he's sticking with Silva, and uh, to to kind of hinting at some stability at the club. Uh, and Max, you were saying that Moyes was going to be coming into your your uni to to do a talk. And uh, that was kind of one of the one of the last times we actually felt. I mean, there was eleven years worth of stability, um, and you were, we were talking about what in the world you could potentially ask Moyes. What were you What were you thinking about doing if if he takes questions? Assuming he will. It, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because obviously, I was born in nineteen ninety eight. I think David Moyes took over two thousand and two. Although Walter Smith was the manager when I was born, like I, I feel like I just grew up, and it was always Moyes. So and I've got pictures with him when I was like knee height as well. I've got pictures of him picking me up. So it's, I think it's going to be a weird one to to meet him in this sort of uh, environment. But initially, my first thoughts of what he made of the last five years, where we've kind of been chewing up and spitting managers out. But um, I'm sure there's plenty of questions that you can figure out about from the 11 years he was here. Now I actually didn't get a lot of time with Moyes. I got like part of a season and then he was gone and I was actually pretty distraught when he was leaving to be honest with you because I didn't really I was kind of annoyed with that whole situation and I was not excited about Martinez when he came in. I was not. Um uh Terry, you had a lot of time with him though. Yeah, I mean my first season ticket season was Moise's uh, second season. Like I started going to, I, I got got into football a little bit later. I was like in, I was about thirteen, something like that. Um, started going to the games in his first season, so it was like the joint, you know, Moise's first year, Rooney breakout year. But then my, I got a season ticket the year after. And it was a terrible season. We finished like seventeenth, um, but the season after that, we finished fourth. And he just sort of went on from there. And they had ups and downs same throughout his tenure. But for for the most part, he transformed the club. He took us out of this rut we'd been in for like the, a good chunk of the late 90s, uh, early 2000s, where we were just relegation, like, you know, scrappers. We, you know, we never really finished in the top 10 very often. Like, we were always in, in, the, in the fight. Uh, whereas... It didn't do it overnight, but over time, 
he slowly changed the style of the club, like the players he bought. He got rid of players who didn't, you know, who, who were of lower quality, who'd been brought in by, you know, Walter Smith and, you know, previous managers. He got rid of all kinds of Deadwood. And eventually, in the second half of his reign, he built a really good team. Like, one thing you can never say about Moyes is that he wasn't, you know, he, he knew a player. He, he he's, was here 11 years and you can count on one hand as his really bad buys in a, in an over a decade. And that, you know, if you don't include the odd loan that didn't work out, which didn't really, you know, hurt us very much, but he, he, people associate him with stability because of the financial constraints he had. He had to do his homework on players. So he always, well, he nearly always got them right. So he, He'd have a platform with a Baines, a Jagielka, a Kale, an Arteta, a Pinar. So when he'd add a player into that, they were going into a very settled team with a very clear structure and clear identity, which is what we haven't got now. We're adding players on top of players on top of players and trying to get it all to gel very quickly. I mean, it might, hopefully, it does still happen, but Moyes did it the way that. I think most clubs would want to do, but with a little bit more funds. Like he didn't have the he. I'd say to Max off camera, like the one thing I'd love to ask Moyes if I met him again would be, who did you nearly get, but then just couldn't get over the line? Someone else came in and and gazumped you for them, and you we know the media didn't know, the fans didn't know you were in for them. Was there anyone who agreed to come, but you just couldn't quite meet the figure that the club wanted, his selling club wanted? Because honestly, we were. We had some team under David Moyes, and although towards the end I think his style held him back and it held the club back, overall the, the job he did at Everton was was fantastic for the, for the days, for the time. It's weird. Uh, I'd be tempted, but I don't think I would ask it, but I would be tempted to ask, you know, do you have regrets about leaving and going to United? But... Honestly, I don't think he would. I think he would say, well, that's a massive job. However, look at what has happened to his career since then. You know what I mean? That's the only... I feel like he would say, no, I have no regrets. And, you know, I, I, would, get, I would get that. But he hasn't found that, that niche, that no. home since then, you know? Even, even though he did a, a decent job at West Ham last season. You know, I, uh, I mean, it was decent enough. I don't, I don't think West Ham is really missing him now, though. <laughs> He's made yeah. some um, bad moves, I think, um, as a manager. Like, it, it, Man United certainly wasn't one. He's not at Man United because of the mm. the guess, po- the problems that were going on at Man United that were much bigger than him. He went at Man United. You know, he, he took the poison chalice. He shouldn't have been the yeah. manager. Alex Ferguson, he should have been the one to go in and replace the manager who replaced Alex Ferguson. Let someone else step on that landmine and then you can go in and, and be... He, he was sort of... He was Pochettino before Pochettino was a thing. He was that, like, you know, brilliant young coach who who built things in the right way and, you know, had, had you know loyalty to the club he's got. And, you know, he, basically, that's all Pochettino is now, is Moyes at Everton. But over a shorter period, and Moyes wasn't lucky enough to find one of the world's best strikers in his academy, like Pochett, like Spurs have been with um, Harry Kane. 
I, but the the moves and he hasn't done well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming the clubs entirely, but the moves to Sunderland's bad idea. So should I, so should I, the one that baffles me really. Yeah, that was strange. <sighs> yeah, I think he could have got a better, a bigger and better job after Man United than that. But I don't even think that's the worst one. But he went into Sunderland, which well, he's got their own problems. But West Ham, he went in and it was it was almost everyone knew he was only going to be there for a short time. He's like he sort of lowered his stock and since he's left Man United, if he's have just been patient and waited for a better job to come up. He could have rehabilitated himself and his image, like, oh, no, well, you know, it was just Man United. It wasn't his fault. It was just the, the way that club was running at the time. But now he's he's sort of seen as, like, an also-ran manager. He's seen in the same light now as as the Sacrifices and, and the, the um, uh, Alan Pardews and the, the people mm-hmm. like that, you know, the merry-go-round managers who just take over clubs... Uh, for a few months at a time in the Premier League, and he's he's well above that. He's so much better than any of that crap. He used to be able to absolutely buy and sell any of those managers, but now, now through poor performance by himself, because he he hasn't evolved much like much like Allardyce. You know, he's still very much of an old school mould and doesn't really completely jive with the modern game. But he should be better now than he than he currently is. He should have a higher standard in the game for the job he did at Everton. I hope he doesn't take offense to this, but come to MLS Moyes. I just wanna I just wanna watch a team managed by Moyes. That's that's to me being selfish. But you know what? Uh, I guarantee you they would uh, they would appreciate him. You know? Uh, he's just somebody who almost like needs to be embedded in the culture of that of of the club, you know. The Sociedad move makes no sense to me either, Max. Mm. That's just that's that to me just reeks of him saying, "I just want to get the hell out of England for a while, and I want and this is the job that is that is in front of me." You know what I mean? Because uh, he's probably he was probably just sick of the English media, is my guess. Um, Possibly, but but yeah, come to come to MLS, dude. We'll, we'll have you. If we didn't have a national team manager, you know, but we do now. Um, all right, now that we've had, we've almost had like a, a, a rose-tinted glasses look at, at, at Moyes just then. Uh, it's almost like we were romanticizing the Moyes era. There were good things. There were good things. This is true. Um, we're not going to go into the bad because we got, we've got enough bad right now. Um, let's go ahead and get into the, the show. Um, we're going to start with a match reaction. Uh, 2-0, lost to City. We'll we'll start with that. Um, yeah, not the worst, though. Okay? Yeah. That's a, that's a spoiler alert. Um, now we'll, Then we'll go into a match preview. Uh, Watford this weekend. Um, I'm not going to call it the Zed Cars Derby. I'm not going to call it the Silva Derby. It's just we're playing Watford. That's what it is. Okay? There, there you go. And uh, then we're going to talk about uh, play the kids. All right, Davies, Kenny, DCL looked pretty solid yesterday. Um, so why not them and Lookman get uh, basically just get time the whole rest of the season? Why not? Um, so we're going to talk about that. Then we'll finish with if you know your history. We'll rock a quiz. It's a starting eleven quiz. Uh, Max and Terry. Yeah, we'll see uh, who knows who knows the history. They're usually pretty good at these starting eleven quizzes, by the way. So match reaction. I'm going to start with Max because, as as seeing as he was actually at, he was actually present 
at the match. Uh, happy with the happy with the result, Max? Yeah, I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, and I don't see I don't care if anyone bites me head off for it. Like, it's not what a lot of the mainstream media re- were reporting. Like, uh, the atmosphere was brilliant by all accounts. It was full of Evertonians wanting Everton to win. To be honest, it just felt like me on my own, kind of just watching every time it was City got the ball down our end. I was like, come on, do something, just do something. But um, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I was I was saying before the game, like it, it's often the case when you play Manchester City that the scorelines are relevant because you know simply over these past couple of years they've been so good. Um, I know we often give them a, a good game, but you know this this um this weird season or so that we've been through. We've, I think we've been tongued by them 3-1 twice now in the last two games. So I wasn't expecting to beat them or get the draw, considering our run of form as well. So you've got to take your positives where you can find them. You look at that game, both of their goals effectively came in added, added time with both halves. So we limited them for chances. They did have them, make no mistake, and they were probably were much the better side on the ball. But, you know, if we're keeping the defending champions out until you know the last couple of seconds of each half, you can take positives from that. You can also take positives from the fact that Marco Silva changed the position, which I am absolutely delighted about because we look so much better. The four-three-three it gives the it give you know the players with attack and promise just give them the license to roam and get forward a bit more. Um, obviously, given the the uh, the narrative of the game, it, it's almost as if it was almost as if the pressure was off. Um, you know, the, the the lads were trying hard, and funnily enough, I know Teddy said off camera. Although you you wouldn't imagine it to be in the case, the scouts the scouts lads on the pitch probably played the best of the lot. Um, I thought Tom Davies and John Joe Kenny were absolutely fantastic. Ultimately, beaten by the better team, and for me personally, it was the result that I wanted because, you know, I'm saying this as a football fan, not just an Everton fan. It's just it too long been the case that Everton have been in Liverpool's shadow, and I think it's better for Everton in the long run of things that Liverpool don't win the league. They haven't won the league since 1990. And I don't fancy seeing it in my lifetime. And I don't think it'd do our club any favours. Okay. Terry. How do you feel about all that? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Like, it was the uh, it was the no-lose match, really, wasn't it? Either you, you win and you've beat Man City or you get a point at Man City or you lose and you lose. <laughs> you uh, you don't you don't do Liverpool any favors, so they can say what they like about that. They're exactly the same as us. They pretend they're not. They act like they're above all that. They're the only club in world football who pretend they haven't got a local rivalry, and no one believes it. In this roles reversed, they'd be exactly the same. But it was a refreshing change. I mean, this is going to not sit well with a lot of people, but it was it was nice to see how Everton could play when the crowd aren't hostile towards any towards a single misplaced pass when Goodison actually isn't frothing with anger because a player's been caught offside or Tom Davies has picked the wrong pass so the confidence seemed to build in the players all game because they actually must have felt like the home crowd when on the edge of a meltdown every time um, something broke every time something broke down they even said at the end of the game, like the players really appreciated the fans cheering them at the end and clapping them off rather than booing after every other defeat. It this is it's this should be a wake up call to the supporters as much as anyone. Look how well 
the players can, how much better I'll say that I'll say that differently. I look how much better the players can can feel and perform if they actually aren't scared to put a put foot wrong from the crowd. Now, as as Max said, it was it was funny to see. I, I mean, I didn't think Everton's players were going to have any qualms about like taking the game to Man City. You've got to remember the players are not fans. Like I'm sure Kurt Zuma and Andre Gomez and Richarlison don't care if Liverpool win the league. I know we do. I know we don't want it. For very, you know, and as I know most fans of other clubs don't want it. But professional players don't care. And the only two players who would understand the way we feel were the ones who were playing out of the skin. Tom Davis and, and John Joe Kenny. I thought they were excellent all night. I feel like I know we're going to touch on this later, but I feel like that was a watershed game for the two of them, for this season at least. I think we should be seeing a lot more of them in the games going forward. It's just a shame that, for their sakes, we didn't get what we deserved from the game, which I think was something, because City rolled a luck a lot in that game. They could have had Fernandinho sent off a couple of times. Um, The goals they got, okay, the set-piece you know, was... Same old, same old. It's our own fault. But there was the we were right in that game. We were one of the better performances, ironically, that I've seen from Everton for well since before December. Yeah, I, I literally the last conversation point on my notes here is uh, set pieces WTF because I mean, it just it's just getting to the point where it's sort of a, a constant. Um, which is unfortunate. Uh, that's one of the like that set piece. I realized it was in extra. It was in added time uh, at the end of the first half, and I actually thought we had defended for the most part. Aside from, I believe they hit. Uh, they hit the bar. The, they hit the, they bar, hit the bar. Yeah, and, and Laporte had one that he really should have put in before the one. Yeah, and he was scored. very open. Yeah, and it was another set piece. Yeah, they, right? they, they, the same issues, isn't it? So yeah, so. Do I feel as some people said, you know, the 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 two nil was harsh on us? Yeah, I think it's harsh because it should have been one nil. You know, like I I think they they did enough to win. I do believe that no, they, because they, they had they, they had way more chances than we they did. Were the, they were the better team. They, they, were, mm-hmm. they were they were much the better team. They were better. To be honest, even even competing with them sounds ridiculous. This, but even competing them is a look at their bench. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Like. It's like it's so, they're so much better than everyone. They're the best team in the league. There's no question about it. They are when they rolled De Bruyne it's out like, there. I know. I, know. I, I, I was I was saying this. You know, imagine imagine being in that dressing room. Like you know, we've we've got to win this game to go top of the league. I'll just bench Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. Gabriel Jesus. I think that's a bit mad. But from an from an Everton point of view, how much better did we look by dropping the undroppable, by dropping Sigurdsson, by dropping Richarlison? I thought that. Did us a lot of favors. Look fresher. Yeah, I I actually thought. Uh, I mean, the big. I, I think the the hugest talking point, the biggest change that you saw was Davis coming in for Sigurdsson because that actually I feel like it, that that altered the formation as well. So that just did a lot of crazy stuff to to our team in general. Uh, Davis pressured well. Uh, his decision making pretty damn sound he looked confident he, he looked strong on the ball uh just yeah he looked like a player who should be playing every single match um it was it was great I, something it reminded me i remember last season we talked about silva's style 
because we talked about a video that I'd watched about Silva's style of play. And it talked about his three central midfielders, okay? And how he used, instead of a typical number 10, he used Cleverly or Hughes as sort of a... It's it's a little bit less of a number 10 and more of like an additional, like that 4-3-3, you know? Um, a little bit more of a... A, a more defensive than the typical number 10 is the fact that Sigurdsson uh, I- the fact that he is more of a number 10 is that has that been holding play up a decent amount do we need that player like Davies to kind of come in we need somebody who can kind of play a little bit more like an eight is that is that what the team needs uh is that is that part of the change here guys I think so I mean Sigurdsson's a great player on his day, but he does slow things down. Davies hasn't got the you know the, the tools that he's got, but he is a lot more energetic. He does get the ball moving a lot quicker, and he, he does go beyond the striker, which um, Sigurdsson really doesn't. He, he always sits off the striker and doesn't really get into the box or make runs like that. I, I think that middle three should be the way to go for a while now. Um, Sigurdsson will still play games, obviously, but I, I'd give that a little run, see how we get on with that um, that middle three in, in that four three three formation. Lookman presumably injured because he wasn't even on the bench. And I haven't really seen a situation where Silva has gone with that much defensive depth on the bench. Normally he likes a lot of attacking options. So I was just assuming he was injured. I hope it's not a he's out of favor again kind of thing. I just, I just don't see that. No. Yeah. So, um, last thing, uh, Walcott got into positions uh, a couple of times, but it was very wasteful. I didn't think he was as bad as everybody said, made out. I think we're used to just saying, oh my God, he's the worst. Uh, not as bad, but he still, and he he actually made a decent cross or two, and he got into a lot of good positions, but overall was pretty wasteful and didn't help enough. On, on the defensive end. Um, there's a couple of moments where he could have tracked back and helped Kenny out, and he didn't. Mm. I, I, was, I, I agree with you completely. I was watching him and thinking, this, this is very quite possibly why you just didn't break through at Arsenal and reach the heights that you really wanted to. You know, I just don't think he offers the same creativity as the likes of Luckman and Bernard do on the, on the wings. You, you, know, it's, you, know, you know what you're getting from Walcott. You're getting directness, you know, the desire to get him behind, the use of pace. Um, but in terms of that on the ball creativity, the ability to pick his head up and take it past the man, it, it, it's not there, is it? So, and if, if we're rolling with the four three three, I'll be interested to see what the um, the situation is with the wingers going forward and what he what he wants from them. And also Zuma, he played well. Zuma had a good one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anything else we can think about from this one, guys? I mean, uh, effort. Uh, effort was nice. I I found myself approaching this one just the way I do any game. I got into it. I got pissed when they scored. I did. It, it, like I, I comforted myself afterward, you know, because my 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 six year old was homesick with a fever. You know, Bennett looked up and he was like, "At least Liverpool is not first now, Dad." And I'm like, you know, that's okay. Yeah, I know, I know. So it was a nice little. But I I did. I still got into it because because I actually thought we had a chance in the game. I like that, you know, and, and, and there's going to come a time where 
where that performance is not good enough. You know, we give up a set piece in a game against against City, and we're like, no, no. No, and I I agree completely. But like, with the exception of the Huddersfield game, which we you know we got that one nil win with the red card. There's been so many games lately where we've got beaten that there hasn't been any positives to take yeah, from it. Exactly. So, I mean, to hate to hate to coin up that phrase, but the expected loss. You know, you don't have really, you don't have any expectations going into it. So to, you know, to be able to abstract positives is a good thing, particularly going forward. And when you have young players playing well, like we did. One last thing for me is um, fair play. Idrissa Gay came back in and as a stunner yeah. of a game. A lot of other players, if they were denied a move to someone somewhere like PSG, would just. That'd be it for the rest of the season. They'd throw their toys out the uh, out the pram, and then that'd be the end of it. We, you know, you wouldn't see much of them for the rest of the season. He came back in, and he, he looked like the games he'd missed had actually done him a world of good because he was everywhere. He was he was tackling all of Man City's midfielders to death, which is no mean feat. They've got one of the best midfields midfields in the world. So fair play to him. Yeah, he was he was. All over, just kind of. Uh, I felt like it was second half where I really, really noticed him, kind of making those tackles right in front of the box, right in the center. And yeah, it was. Uh, you're right. And you know what? It could be come summertime. We're like, you know what? Thanks a lot, man. You worked hard. Good work. Go to go to PSG. Have fun. You know, I, I could see that happening. So, all right, guys. Well, that's it for uh, for our match reaction. Uh, yeah, just just a weird one, just a just a weird feeling this whole thing. But as Max said, and I think Terry, Max was the one who directly said it, but Terry agrees. I'm sure there are positives here. There are there's there's some good things here. Jerry, Terry, Max. That's what's happening right now. Um, we got a match preview, uh, Watford, this weekend. Um, not calling it Zed Cars or Silva Derby. It's, we're just playing Watford. It's a normal normal match. Some could say the battle for eighth, but that's just depressing as well. Um, so, yeah, it seems like any way you slice it just can, can make you feel bad. So we'll just say playing Watford. Um, they're currently eighth with 34 points, nine, seven, and nine. Previous three matches, they drew with Brighton nil nil, lost to Spurs two one, and they beat Newcastle in the FA Cup two nil. Injuries, they've they've got some, so that's a thing. Pereira, I think he's out. Um, Kiko Fomania, I think he's out. Decore, day to day, he could be out. Uh, success is out. They've got some good players who who will not be playing. So, that's fortunate for us. Not like we're applauding injury, but you know what I mean. Um, so, I, just a, a couple of early thoughts. Let's start with Terry because we started with Max last time. Um, and then we'll after we talk to these guys, we'll go into the possible starters. Terry, uh, how are you feeling about this one? Mm, better now that I know who's injured. I didn't know any of those... Uh... Players were out. I mean, Pereira and, and Takore especially are both very good players and they both gave us a 
real hard time in the Goodison game. I really want to win this game, and it's just because I'm fed up with this whole phony rivalry that um, Watford are trying to engineer with us because we took their managers. Like, come on, Watford, you're a good team, but club-wise, you, you, you know, your biggest achievement is playing us and losing in an FA Cup final in the eighties. Like, come on, you're not a you're not a rivalry with us. We took your manager. You you'll say loud and often that you you're happy is it because our manager's crap and yours is good. You're not acting like that. But I do want to win. I do want to win because I think if we win, it will put to bed this rivalry. I think as as long as say Watford keep getting decent results, or if when if Watford gets decent results, they will keep dragging it out. But if you you beat them and beat them well, then they'll just they'll quietly go away. Hopefully, <laughs> but they are a good team, especially at home. They've got some really effective, strong players who, even the ones who were out, the ones who are still playing, like Troy Deeney, not a player I think's. Uh, not a player I'd have at Everton, but he is a very effective player. I can see him giving Michael Keane and Kurt Zuma a really difficult time at the weekends, especially considering what he's uh, what he's the comments he's made this week about wanting to kick the shit out of Everton. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're in for a, I think we're in for a real game off the likes of him, but I just think sooner or later we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get a performance that will turn into results. I mean, as, as Max said in the previous segment, we've not played well against uh, Leicester. We've not played well against Brighton. We've not played well against Wolves. We gave Man City a game, a really good game. We played really well in the last game. Why we? I, I want to take that to Watford and really try and let our quality show, especially if they're better players aren't playing. They've got some players who get in our team, but the likes of Decore, if they, if they are out massive boost for us we need to be taking advantage of that hmm. yeah it's not completely definite decor is out by the way he's just day-to-day it is it's a thing that he he uh everywhere i'm checking right now is saying he's probably out but well, you never know with this kind of stuff him, they may not they may know nothing so. him and Pereira. just the more better the more good players out the better for us yeah. yeah those are strong players you know um max uh, how, how, do you, how are you feeling about about this one? Um, I don't, I don't, no, I uh, uh, just raised that point. What Troy Deeney said, I think that sums up the psychological approach of, of, of Watford as a group of players towards Everton as a whole. Obviously, if they're seeing this as coming up against the old boss, um, they certainly put in a performance like that and the reverse fixture at Goodison and give us a really good game. They were probably even much the better team. Um, hopefully, the steam's kind of let off from that a little bit, you know, as I said earlier, a lot of pressure will be on us in that there's really nothing to play for in the season anymore. We, you know, we should play as if the pressure's off. If we're going to stick with the four-three-three, um, obviously it's not. It's against lesser opposition than Manchester City previously. Um, we should be seeing Andre Gomez and uh, and Davies' capability on the front foot. I know it's away from home, and we've talked off camera about just how awful our away record is. But I'd love to see us assert some sort of dominance in this game. Um, I think we've got this game uh, and Cardiff uh, against lower opposition and other than that you know we've got a real tough run of home fixtures coming up so unless we feel like getting our act together and pulling a few points to get points out the bag against the big boys I think these are the games that we've got to be looking at and saying come on we've you know we've got to make a go of it yeah 
Um, possible starters, Foster and Goal, Jan Mat, Mariapa, Cathcart, Holabas, uh, Capu, uh, Cleverly, Hughes, Seima, De La Feu, Dini. Um, it's interesting, everywhere I checked had Hughes kind of playing on the wing, which I find odd because I always consider him to be, but I'm assuming he's he's playing a lot, he's coming in, drifting in centrally a lot more because that's the kind of player I've always associated him as being. Mm. Um, uh, Danger man, I think you have to say Dini just because he just finds a way to score often. De La Feu, we know what he can do. We know he's really good at taking men on. Set pieces. Um, set pieces. You got Tom Cleverley and Will Hughes there. You, you know, got the capability to put a real good ball into the box. Given mm-hmm. our zonal marking struggles and Troy Dini, they, you know, they've got tall centre halves as well. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like we say this every single game, but look like we got to start wising up from set pieces. I'm, I'm really curious when we actually start seeing, <laughs> you know, some sort of, uh, I don't know, the 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 payoff from training, because you know good and well they they're pissed off about it too. You know they are, you know they're angry, you know. I think it's a personnel thing. I I this is a probably a longest longer segments. I don't think Zonal Markins the problem. I think it's. The players aren't aggressive enough in attacking the ball. I mean, Pep Guardiola does zonal marking, but he's using players who who really go for the ball when when defending. It, I think, to be honest, I'm sure someone will pull up an example from this season where it's not the case. But on the whole, I think Mina would probably improve that just because he seems like he is a little bit more aggressive in going for the ball. Um, he hasn't shown it as much attacking as he um, yet, but hopefully that will come. But it's it's sort of like a lot of different players. I mean, at the weekend, not the weekend, sorry, in the last game against City, it was Gomez. The ball's gone over Zuma's head. He can't jump any higher than that. He's it's 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 Gomez's ball to attack, and he doesn't attack it. That's, I, I, I I was gonna blame I blame Zuma for that first goal because Gundogan goes to to it at first, fakes it, and then the ball comes in, and I think that sold Zuma straight away, and he's in no man's land, and mm. Laporte's. Marked. <clears throat> so in that case, I would have probably rolled with Yeri Mina instead of Kurt Zuma. But uh, I agree with your point. Still injured though, isn't he Mina? Or was he on the yeah, problem? that's sort of the problem, yeah. I, I think, I mean, again, different conversation for a different topic, but I think um, in the summer that'll be one of the very first and foremost things is another centre-back. If it, it, might, it might even be as well as Zuma, if not, um, instead of. Because I <clears> think at the minute the, play, the centre-backs at the club have got what they need to defend set pieces. Um, they're not aggressive enough. They're too meek. But Interesting. Everyone we've got, ironically, apart from, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the one defender we've probably got, if he was fit, who would do the best against Troy Dini would be Jagielka because he's been there and done it. He's seen it all. He knows exactly what type Good of... Point. What to expect from Dini. But we haven't got him. And I think Dini, is, especially on set pieces, is going to give... Michael Keane and Zuma who are likely to start a really tough time because they're both despite having qualities of their own, aggression is not either of them. They're not they're not fighters of players. Zuma looks like he could be with his, his physical capability, but he get he gets bullied a lot as well for a striker for a defender as strong as he is. 
Yeah, it's really... The zonal marking thing is driving everybody up the wall because there are other clubs that do it well. We don't have this as good of players as City does, that's true. Um, I do still think we've got... I don't know, I'm. it's interesting. Is it... Is it a lack? Is it a, uh, an issue with communication from Silva to the players, or is it the fact that they are just not aggressive? Uh, Terry is falling on the they're not aggressive enough side right there, uh, mainly because I think it's a safe thing to say because our players usually know where they're supposed to be. They usually do. You know, Silva seems like he's doing a good job communicating that. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, the biggest problem, though, is every single time, every set play, I know I immediately clinch up and I'm at the edge of my seat every time. Every one of them. So, um, uh, you guys feel like we're probably going to roll with the same setup as, uh, except maybe Walcott will make way, potentially? Certainly hope so. Yeah, I'd probably, go, I'd probably agree with that completely. I think Walcott's going to be the only one to come out, if anyone. And the real question is, is it Richarlison who comes in for him? If Lookman's hurt, then there's not really not a, not any other option, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that'd be the, the way it would have to be. And one would think he's going to start Richarlison against Watford uh, as like a personal pride thing. Because uh, <laughs> if he doesn't, you know, it's, yeah. yeah hey, I mean, but, I mean, however, I will say I didn't think Richarlison has looked I, he hasn't looked good for me in, in much of anything. I lately, agree, though. at least he scored against Watford in the past, so hopefully he can pick that trend up. Yeah. That's true. So, predictions. Max. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Terry. 2-1, Everton. And I am picking 1-1 one, one as well. Sorry, Max. I didn't mean to make your prediction less special. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, give us any, anything to go by. I got it right last time. Yeah. Max is getting confident in his mystical abilities. There you go. Time to start laying down some bets. Uh, <laughs> I'll pick three nails, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it for our match preview. Um, I know I'm. You know, I don't know. There's a the the rivalry that Terry was talking about is interesting. How it's really not a rivalry, but because I to be honest with you, I I get Watford supporters being kind of pissed about us the manager thing. I get it, um, but just I just don't see it as a rivalry thing. I just see it as a a good team we have to play. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, all right. So I guess that's it for that's our match preview. There you go. Jerry, Max, and Terry here. Uh, talk about uh, the young players. Um, Terry's got a piece coming up on, on the same subject on the Liverpool Echo fan jury. And so we figured we'd start with him. I, yesterday, like I, I heard that this was going to be a thing. We we're actually going to start playing the kids a lot more for the rest of the season. Uh, and sure enough, you saw Davies, Kenny, and DCL uh, start yesterday in the match. Uh, and we talked about Lookman possibly injured because he wasn't even 
uh, on the bench. But uh, Terry, is there any reason not to be giving these guys ample playing time? I mean, no, not at this point. I mean, they've some of the senior players have had the bulk of the season, and you know, other than in patches where they played well, they've they've not impressed. I mean, at what point do you just look at this season and go, right, well? There's not a lot we can achieve left now. We've, you know, we've botched the cups and we've lost a good opportunity to, you know, make grounds on the top six. Seventh's still there. I'm not saying you suddenly, you know, write off the whole league position thing because it's not. It's still a business. The club are going to try and finish as high as possible. But I think now Marco Silva's main job is to start planting the seeds for next season. I don't think there's any benefit in playing. The likes of Coleman, Walcott, Sigurdsson against the big teams, the top the the top six teams are, are more or less all going to still come to Goodison. I would rather see Kenny, Davis, Calvert Lewin, Luckman. I'd rather them get the consistent minutes they need to get better and against those good teams because we are, we never beat those good teams. And we've tried with the with the senior players we've got. I think we need to start trying to give the young players experience against those top teams to see if they improve. Because Calvert Lewin has improved over the years. Luckman is a very good player who I don't think we're making the most of. Kenny has probably his best game I've seen him have against Man City in the last game. Tom Davies is an enigma for some supporters. He, you know, some people love him, some people hate him, but we are not going to go anywhere near the relegation zone. There's, there's going to be at least three teams worse than us, so I don't think that's even coming into anyone's head, and we're not going to chase down the top six. So what what, what argument is there against blooding these young players and properly doing it? Give them a run of games where they can really get comfortable, and you never know. These might end up. Some of these might end up being the players eventually. Who turn around the results against these big teams? If you start to get rid of the fear of them, you know John Joe Kenny might be one of those players who, who doesn't crumble against Sadio Mane and and Calvert Lewin might get a big goal against say Man United, and then all of a sudden he gets the confidence to go on and start scoring more than he does now. Every time he every time Calvert Lewin plays Man City, he always gives them a terrible time. We really should now be looking to build the team we want to see next season and, and I'm not saying you're right off the Colmans or the Sigurdsons they've still got a part to play they'll still play games but just sort of scale back their position in the squad say listen we're gonna we're gonna give some time some minutes some consistent minutes to young players who need it how much more can Luckman be an impact sub Luckman I don't think should, should I think Luckman should start every single game for the rest of the season at the very least but I'd obviously have all four of them, and and I don't think we'll be any worse off for it. In fact, I think we could surprise people and be better off for it, because kids are fearless on the pitch. They take chances. They're not intimidated by big-name clubs like some of the older players are through experience of never beaten them. There is the inconsistency that comes with youth, which is going to happen. We're going to have they're going to have a bad game somewhere. You know, it's just going to happen. Um, however, the reason you give them the experience now is to go ahead and and try to work that kind of stuff out of their system, to actually get them 
that experience so the so that the inconsistency sort of fades away because that's usually the way that works. Um, Max, moving on to you. Uh, if we if we approach it like this, you know, and Terry did mention Sigurdsson sees less minutes, uh, Coleman would see less minutes, Richarlison and Bernard potentially would see less minutes as well. Yeah. All right. Doing that, these players get less time for the second half of the season, and we're not talking about just like a few weeks. This is the sole. This is the whole rest of the season. Are we going to see some of these these other players who are some of the some what a lot of people would say are the most talent some of the most talented players on the squad are they going to be happy um obviously not but hopefully they can they can view it as with ultimately nothing to play for in the remainder of the season i think as a as a club internally one of your short term objectives now between the end of the season is give those young players as much minutes and as many opportunities to develop as possible it was always any any thoughts as the club in years gone by, and obviously with this influx of money that we've had, we've tended to, um, you know, to to, to or, or I to, to, uh, I'll use the phrase wear out the likes of Sigurdsson because I was reading uh, before um, when Sigurdsson was benched against Man City, that was the only the second time he's been benched this season. So, you know, you, you've got to give the, the lads the platform because they 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 proved that they can deliver. You know, you look back at one of the. Uh, Results we look back most effectively at when we beat Man City 4 0 at home a few years ago. Look who scored Tom Davies, Adam Ola Luckman. Um, mm. get, let them get the minutes under the bells. And I feel like if we're going to transition to start playing the 4 3 3, our younger players are you know, more technically inclined to fit into that system, but more, more so than Sigurdsson, as the given example. But yeah, definitely, you know, we've got nothing to play for. So just give them the minutes. I like the idea of having some of these guys, uh, and I, I started to talk and I saw Terry open his mouth, so I'm sorry, Terry. <laughs> but I like the idea of having these, these, these local guys come in who have been around the club for a really long time, and there's, there's, a, matter, there's, there's a bit of pride there that some of these other players can't totally feel. And the hope is that they play with the kind of enthusiasm and and strength that uh, is contagious. Yeah. Um, having having those you know, uh, clearly you think about the way they played against City. It was as if they'd been waiting to play City for a long time. Yeah. You you see in the performances these big games as you know they draw a lot of motivation from that. And I think the best example of that's John Joe Kenny. We you know we referred to it before. Those sliding tackles that he throws, like the dropkick slide tackles that he throws in, they're absolutely fantastic, <laughs> and it's what the fans want to see. Um, just on what you said before, inconsistencies, yeah, it's going to happen, but people forget, you know, they're like, what are they, ranging between 20 and 23 years of age? They're still mm-hmm. very, very young. You're not going to see the same week in, week out, but there's going to be a time, and there's still plenty of time until the point can be reached where, you know, the coin's going to drop. And we're going to start seeing them consistently flourish. Um, uh, Terry said it in the last segment. Hopefully, this um, the Man City game just gone is a, a signpost for Davies of, of knuckling down and expressing this attacking side of his game, which we haven't seen much of when he's been played in the two. Um, so, uh, and as a point I made earlier, I feel like the younger lads will benefit from playing in the four-three-three. It's it's clearly very important to Farad Mashiri as well because he's been in the media here 
uh, the last couple of days talking up oh I want you know uh, as well as backing Marco Silva he says he wants to see he wants him to develop and sort of look after these young players we've got at the club so I just uh, you know you, you look at the comments he's made there and the comments he's made in the past 12 months I think he's as a club we've changed tack now we've sort of gone from well we've tried to do the old you know go and buy a load of um I think it's uh, generous to call them star players, but going by a loads of like instant, instant fit players who go straight into the team. You know the the Yannick Balassies, the Williams. You know like they 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 were the better players at the clubs we bought them from, but they're not. The the depreciating value the second you buy them, and you can't get rid of them same after a initial you know initial period of playing well, which some of them didn't even give that. So I think now what Mashiri wants and I think this ties into why he's brought brands to the club is he wants to build a young team who will grow together and achieve things together and if anyone of them does have to leave they leave for a massive amount of money to facilitate more more investment coming in so and that doesn't just mean mm-hmm. Davies Calvert-Lewin Luckman Kenny I think it's them I think that includes Luca Dean Yerry Mina Richarlison, like not necessarily they all have to be teenagers, but all these under twenty four, under twenty five players where he goes, right, well in three years, four years when we've gone into the stadium, the new stadium, hopefully, we have still got that's the core of our team. Get and we've got more players added onto that. And then eventually if Barcelona do come in for Richarlison, they pay a hundred million for him and then we go out and buy three or four New, you know, Richarlison's of the future. I think that's the model he sees. I think uh, we've said it before. It was uh, it, the club has said it before. Sorry, the Atletico Madrid of England. That is the ultimate goal, I think. And you know, other supporters go, "Well, you're not as good as Atletico Madrid." Well, no, of course we're not. But I think that's what he wants to be. He doesn't want. He, he he's he's tried the other way. Let's go and buy a load of players for now, and hope it works. And Man United, for example, did that on a much larger scale, and it didn't work for them. They're in a bit of a mess off the uh, off the pitch as well for that same reason. They've got players who are on enormous contracts, much bigger than the ones we've got, mm. and they can't shift them. No one, no one in the world is going to buy Alexis Sanchez now, so they can't get rid of him, and he can't play because he's he was bought for the wrong reasons. And we did a sort of lower tier version of that, but we haven't got the money to ride it out like Man United have got. So we have to be a little bit smarter and I think that's why it's just it's sensible to now start that ball rolling these players it's not it's not like our charity we're not like let's just give every young player a game and see how they get on they've still got to be able to do it on the pitch but they're starting to show they can John Joe Kenny Tom Davies Calvert-Lewin Luckman especially they're all value for the because it's not like they're trying to get in the Tottenham team, where you know this, or the City player, or the City team, or even the Liverpool team, where like, yeah, you might have a good young player, but he's never going to get in the team. Our senior players aren't covering themselves in glory at the minute, so why not play the young kids and see what they can do? Yeah, uh, it's approaching it like this is is long termism, instead of sitting there thinking we have to win now. Um, the purchases from the past few years, you know, uh, every single one was a, was a now mentality. Walcott was a now mentality. 
My biggest issue with, Wal- with Walcott was that he was a pace player and he's older. And I can tell you from experience, you're not as fast when you get older. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it is. All right, so that was my big issue with Walcott. And then he came in and he looked really solid. He looked like one of the one players who would give us a spark. You know, however, how was that going to be a, a year or two years down the road? How was that going to be? And uh, I'm just under the impression that Bronze has, uh, he's, he's thinking about five years from now. He's thinking about 10 years from now. And that's sort of the plan. So it's, a, it's very much a trust Marcel kind of thing. I mentioned a lot of this stuff just because, well, it's conversation. But um, I agree with you guys. I feel like these guys should be, should be playing every game right now. I do think it's going to annoy some of our players. Yeah. Um, and some of them are actually ones we maybe want to keep around. Um, however, the hope is somebody like Richarlison, who may not get as much time, uh, maybe he'll be okay if, uh, if, if Silva's talking to him because, you know, they're, they're close. Yeah. So I, I really I think it'll be Bernard who, who ends up getting less time, though, yes. compared to Richarlison. Because Richarlison's the young investment. You know what I mean? Bernard's older. Yeah. I think Bernard will be fine with that, personally, because he's been in and out so far this season. He's brand new to the league. I think any of the players mm-hmm. who are like freshmen to the league are all are okay with not starting every game at the beginning of the season and in their first season, rather. But you've got to be honest as well. If the club is not winning matches consistently, no players can come with an attitude about why should we play in every game no. because they're not winning. Teams who win every game can have players like that. Man United historically had players like that. We can't. When we're losing to Brighton and Leicester, which player could feasibly walk into the manager's office and say, there's no way I should not be starting? Mm-hmm. Even the ones who, who were playing, even the better ones, Pickford and that, even he, Pickford was dropped. He couldn't say, why are you dropping me? I'm too good to be dropped. Like, you can see in goals. I mean, I, Jesus Christ, don't drop him. But... Mm. <laughs> um, but none of them, not even the best before. Sigurdsson has been one of the best best statistic performers this season. He can't moan about being dropped. There's loads of games where he's not. He doesn't affect it. Yeah, I, it's just that entitled modern footballer. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I look at Vlasic, who I actually think would have gotten more time this season because of Sigurdsson's ineffectiveness. I think he actually would have come in for him mm. much earlier. I think, but the idea that Sigurdsson was. First choice from the get go, Vlasic was like, I, I actually want to make sure I'm guaranteed games. Um, if you look, if you look at the lapses in the back line too, and uh, and the way with under Silver we're, inc- we're inclined to play out from the back, I would have loved to see Mason Holgate involved in this running. I knew game you were now. going with Holgate there. Yeah, I knew you were going to say yeah. something like that. Mm. Yeah, I understand um, that though. I understand he, you know, he, a lot of players ahead of him, and you know, he's going to play every game for. West Brom, so I think he does feature in the long term plans. I think he'll replace Jackie Elka long terms long term. Funny thing is he's getting that he's getting minutes at like right back. You know, I think that's I think that's what's going to go the way he used to. Yeah. You know, which is only gonna make him a better center back. Yeah, I know it'll it'll only help his athleticism up and down the line. Mm. Yeah. Minute minutes are minutes to me. I mean play, playing a full back. Teaches them how to deal with one on ones a lot more than playing at centre back would, which is what mm-hmm. we're not very good at. Yeah, I just saw him. He was making a lot of little mental errors before he got benched. 
And that was the big issue with him. So the idea of him going somewhere, getting that confidence up, getting that swagger, because he used to have a swagger. He came in, the young, youthful swagger that, that you hate to see play, these young players lose. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, because it happened to Brendan Galloway. You yeah. know? So that's the weird thing. That's, that's the risk with playing the youth. <laughs> Ironically, that happened because he went out to West Brom. But... Yeah. <laughs> that did. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it for our Play the Kids segment. Uh, looks like it's probably going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Max in a cage match of Toffee's Wit and Might. No tongue tangles. Wonderful. For the people out there who have never heard this segment, basically this will be a starting 11 segment where I give them a match from the past. They will take turns going back and forth, naming players who started or a sub that played. Okay? Uh, The first one to to miss loses. And that's the way it works. Um, So... Cue intense quiz music. Oh, there it is. <clears throat> uh, gentlemen, this is this was a match I, I I went back and did a little research on it just because I had I had forgotten about it. But uh, you will be naming the starting eleven and subs for August eighth, which is my anniversary, by the way. August eighth, two thousand fifteen. Everton 2, Watford 2, at Goodison. Okay? 2015. Alright, so, I don't have my typical memory card here to flip, but I have a coaster that my son gave to me that has just worn the hell out. Hmm. So, Terry, I think it's your turn to call. This is heads and this is tails. So, go ahead and call it. I'll go I'll go heads this time. And it is tails. Max, what do you want to do? I will second, please. Second. Okay. And Terry, you may begin when ready. Okay. 2015. So I'll start with Ross Barkley. That That is a hit. Because we're playing Battleship, apparently. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Max. Tim Howard. Tim Howard. That is correct. Terrence. Um, I'm going to go Romelu Lukaku. That is correct. Maxwell. James McCarthy. James McCarthy is correct. Terold, what do you got? Gareth Barry. Oh, Gareth Barry is correct. Uh, Maximiliano, what's up? Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman is correct. Uh, Terangelo, what do you got? John Stones. John Stones started. Yes, he did. Maximus. Phil Jagielka. Yes. 
he started. <sighs> See, the way I do this, I always think of the positions on the pitch that haven't been filled yet, so there's no right midfield, so I'm going to go with Kevin Morales. That is a good strategy, and it worked. There you go. Max. Um, I'm going to left back, have we? Clayton Baines. I don't know. Clayton Baines did not start. Oh. Oh, that's 2015. Yes. August 8th. That was like an early, early one in the season. Yes. So, was it Oviedo at the time? Playing instead? Hold on. Hold on. So you already went. Hold on, so this is over already. Yeah, yeah. Because Terry started, Terry, right? Terry's won. Have I? Yeah, I've just yeah said, I think I, so. I just had Leighton Baines. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yes, that's actually true. So, yeah. Um, Oviedo did not start either. Galloway? Must have been, yeah. Galloway, that was, that was Galloway really, started. That was really running the team, yeah. Galloway started. Uh, Any other ideas with who else started? Tom Cleverly on the left. Tom Cleverly started. Uh, he, he did. He God. played ahead of Galloway for a lot of those games um, to pr- give him that sort of protection, I think. I remember that. Because we played West Brom, and that was the game where um, Delafeu and Lukaku, not the Watford game, but the West Brom game, were really good together. Like That sort of partnership started there. Yeah. Uh, do you know the subs? I'm assuming Steve Naismith will be one of them. Martin, that was one of them. Martin Adira. The One minute into added time, came in for Lukaku. Kone? Kone, 63rd minute, came in for Galloway. He, start, he started Galloway over Oviedo when Oviedo was fit enough for the bench. That's strange. Because Oviedo yeah. was definitely the second choice at that point. Or was it when Oviedo was still coming back from the... Just um, coming back, possibly. It was after the uh, World Cup, wasn't it? You guys get the third sub? Yeah, Naismith, Kone and... I said Osman. Osman? No. He was on the bench, though. Uh, Let me know if you want me to just say it. No idea. Funny enough, you've actually said his name several times. Aviato? Yeah. What's the weirdest thing? He came in for Morales in the, in the 77th minute. So Galloway subbed out in the 63rd minute. Oviedo came in in the 77th minute. Oh, Martinez. What Martinez. was <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And the rest of the people on the bench, Joel Robles, you said Osman, uh, Browning, and uh, McElhaney. What a weird one, that is. That's a very it's weird. such a weird one. Matt Browning's still here. You're not going yet. 
Right. No, but see, I heard he, I heard he was going to Villa, and then I heard he's going to China. I heard the China link was pretty strong. Well, yeah, China, um, their transfer window doesn't shut apparently till the end of February. So that one still could happen. Yeah. Ah. All right. So, uh, by the way, the goals were uh, Barkley, 76th minute, and Kone, 86th minute. Kone tied it up on an assist from Lukaku. So, and I think Kone actually got the assist for Barkley on the first goal as well. So, yeah. Oh, I, I, remember, I remember that. That was, that was a good goal by Ross Barr. It was, it was a Ross, st- Ross I remember very that. nice goal. That's probably all of those that I remember from the game, to be honest. Yeah. I went and watched the highlights and did a little research on this one. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. So, Terry, congratulations. Today, you know your, you knew your history just a little bit better than Max, although it's another one of those that kind of, you know, went for a while. Terry, your, your, your gold cup, your, your gold star for the day is uh, picking the tune we close the show to. So what... Is your what is your tune this time? You know what I'm going to go for. It's it's a well-known song, but not not a well-known version of it. It's like a, it's a cover. Um, I'm going to go with it's from the album um, guitar. I think it's Guitar Classics by Carlos Santana. But it's a whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin. So it's Santana and Chris Cornell covering a whole lot of love. Really. Yeah, whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin. Everyone will recognise it, especially the uh, the riff intro. But that version is just brilliant. Like Chris, what Cornell. year is that from? What year did that album? Um, let me check. Because there was a there was a an album that came out in the nineties with all these Led Zeppelin covers, where a lot of contemporary bands were covering uh, Zeppelin. And I know, like Hootie and the Blowfish did one, which is. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know. I don't think it's that long ago. Uh, it's 2010, as it happens. Oh, okay. Well, then it's recent-ish. But it's wow. so good. Chris Cornell could really, really sing. And it's obviously, it's a lot, like, the mix is a lot different. So it's a rated, like, the guitars are a lot louder and a lot... Um, it's a little bit faster than the original. I just really like the cover. I've just been listening. I just listened to that the other day and thought this is brilliant. So I'm going to go with that. So still dad rock, but with a slight twist. I can't call Zeppelin dad rock. Uh, someone. No, I no to, way. I, I listen to Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've recently just put some some Zeppelin on my on my kids like uh, playlist before they play sports. So. Uh, yeah, uh, there, there's like a uh, a lullabies CD that you can buy for babies and kids for them to go to sleep to. And I have the Led Zeppelin one. So now Bennett will hear Zeppelin. He'll go, oh, this was, I used to listen to this when I was little. And I'm like, yeah, it's Stairway. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, Led Zeppelin for a baby, like Immigrant Song. It's like, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, they are absolutely obsessed with that Immigrant Song because it's in Thor, Ra- Ma- yeah. Thor Ragnarok. When that yeah. when that trailer came out with with Immigrant Song in it, I thought that's so good. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah, I get the chills when that when that kicks in in that movie. Mm. Yeah, and it helps the movie's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Anyway, so as we're listening to Santana and Chris Cornell with Whole Lot of Love, um, which I didn't even know existed, thank you, Terry. Uh, it's time to end the podcast, the big show. If you've been listening to the podcast, thanks so much. Subscribe to the Toffee, Blue, Toffee Blues podcast. Rate it if you can. Give a give a kind review, possibly question mark. Please, we'd appreciate it. Um, if you uh, and also if you if you get this crazy hair up your ass and want to see our faces, the YouTube channel, check that out. Why not? Because why not? Uh, if you if you want more Terry, check out the Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. His Twitter will tell you when he's going to be uh, on there. And if you want more Max, check his Twitter. Uh, he's all over the place, but additionally, he's on the Top of Blues website. So check that out. Just look at the Top of Blues website. All things Everton. A lot of a lot of nice folks contributing on there. They know their they know their club. It's it's wonderful. Follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's it. I got no more no more plugging. I am plugged out. I have unplugged. Gentlemen, thanks so mer- thanks very much, Terry. As always. Always a pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me back on. Max, Terrible good to see one. you, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. Nice one, boys. Glad, glad it wasn't too painful for you yesterday at the at the at the at Goodison. It was alright. I hope I'm never in that situation again, but you know, so weird. but has to be done, has to be done. Indeed. All right. Three points this weekend, Blues. Let's do it. Mm-hmm.